Hey Body Science fam, I'm Harriet Walker and welcome back to episode number two of the Body Science Healthy Lifestyle Academy. I'm Harriet Walker and I am an accredited sports dietitian. I work with clients every week um, talking about all things nutrition related, helping, helping them to achieve their best body, um, helping them to get that PR, or just fine-tuning their current nutrition um, routines. So each week on the podcast, we cover lots of different topics. And this week, I am covering the really uh, popular question of protein. Um, it's a topic that bodybuilders, powerlifters, endurance runners, mums and dads and weekend warriors all seem to have questions about. So I'm going to dig in a little bit and start with some really basic facts and figures about protein and then we'll work into how we can actually incorporate that information uh, day to day. So to get started, what is protein? Protein is one of the three macronutrients that we can have uh, that we can yield energy from. So we've got our macronutrients being protein, fats and carbohydrates and we need to have these in large amounts on a regular basis to stay alive. So that's the basic stuff. Um, but beyond just the energy content of protein, yes, we can use protein as energy, um, but our body actually prefers to use fats and carbohydrates. So if we can actually spare protein by consuming those macronutrients, our body will. Um, because protein actually provides us um, a lot of the structural components of our body. So if you think hair, skin, nails, hormones, cells, they've all got a protein component in it. And this is why as a macronutrient, we need to be having, uh, having protein, not in you know silly amounts of protein every day, but we wanna make sure we're having a good quality source of protein um, at each meal across the day for, uh, for those purposes. So when we consume uh, protein, rich foods such as you know, chicken, beef, pork, dairy products, if you're vegetarian, things like tofu, soy products, legumes, nuts, seeds, they're all sources of protein. Um, these get broken down into our body into amino acids. So amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Uh, if you think about the alphabet, we use different letters of the alphabet to build words. And it's the same sort of concept if you think about it with protein. So we have an amino acid pool so when we consume that protein, it gets broken down, the food contributes to the amino acid pool. And when I go to the gym, I've created a little bit of damage in my muscle and I need to build bigger muscles. Um, my body's gonna call on that, those amino acids from the amino acid pool in various combinations to build up that lean muscle mass. If I've caused damage to my skin, the body will make different combinations to build the skin back. If we need to make hormones, the body will call on that amino acid pool to build the combination of proteins to build those hormones. Um, and so you can see that, yes, we, you know, protein is there as an energy source, but it's actually got a lot of bigger and better roles in the body. Um, so the reason why protein gets a lot of attention in the weight loss world is because of a thing called the thermic effect of food. So TEF, remember that acronym? Uh, because it's, it's an important one to understand. So we know that 
of the macronutrients, protein has got four calories per gram, carbohydrates have four calories per gram, fat has nine calories per gram. So that's the basic stuff there. However, because our body's not really set up as well to use protein as energy, it costs more money in energy terms. Uh, it costs more energy, more money to burn that protein as energy than it does to use carbohydrates and fats. So because of this inefficiency, um, our body is consuming more energy on the whole. So when we consume a little bit more protein in our diet, um, again, it doesn't have to be huge, you know, steaks at every meal, just sort of increasing that protein a little bit. We get a little bit of our body's burning a little bit hotter. We're using more energy day to day and it can be advantageous for weight loss. Um, also, we know that protein is really satisfying to the brain when we eat, consume protein. Um, it says, sends those satisfaction uh, signals to the brain to say, yep, we have had a good source of protein, we can continue on with life. So for those sort of two main reasons, protein um, is pretty popular when it comes to weight loss products. Um, but I mean, that brings us into our next topic is how to use protein. So I've said it a few times and I will say it again, because this is something that I cover with my clients all the time. It's not about, you know, eating um, protein shakes at multiple times for the day. It's about using your proteins uh, in a smart manner. So um, just say the recommendation for the average, you know, Joe Blow and Jane uh, on the street, it's going to be around 0.8 grams of protein per day, which actually isn't all that much. If you're an inactive person who um, is in an office job, sitting at a desk, that's probably going to cover your basic needs. But when we're looking at optimal performance with athletes or even just the weekend warrior or somebody trying to lose a bit of weight, we can probably look at bumping up that protein content from, you know, somewhere between 1.2 to 2 grams um, of protein per day. Uh, and that's per kilo of body weight. Um, Beyond the sort of two grams, we know that there's sort of a diminishing returns. People can probably go up to the three, four grams per kilo body weight without too much damage being done. Um, and there's a lot of research going into whether high protein diets are, do cause um, damage to the body. Um, we know that the sort of three or four grams isn't really doing too much unless the person has a diagnosed chronic kidney disease, in which case, yes, we need to be um, cautious with protein intake. However, again, it's a diminishing return. So somewhere in the 1.5 to two grams per kilo body weight is a nice sweet spot to get that benefit of the thermic effect of food. So ramping up that metabolism, um, optimizing lean muscle mass um, as a result of the weights training you might be doing to increase lean muscle mass and also getting that um, satisfying edge that we get when we consume protein. So we also want to make sure we talk about distribution of protein across the day. So breakfast um, is one of the key topics I discuss with my clients because we're all really busy. We've got kids running out the door and it's either a piece of Vegemite toast or a, you know, it's a chai latte at 10 a.m. And, you know, we don't want to do... Um, stereotypes here but it's really common for people not to get breakfast quite right 
but I can tell you for bang for buck, making sure that we set up a good quality breakfast, which includes a um, solid chunk of protein, around 20 to 30 grams is all you need. So that's the equivalent that you'd get from say three eggs, um, one scoop of whey protein powder, around 150 grams of yogurt, um, plain yogurt, natural yogurt is the go. Watch out for the sugar added in those flavored yogurts. Um, they're really easy sources of protein um, and that 20 gram target is a really nice number to aim for. Um, and then I look at snacks for people. So again, we don't wanna be having you know crazy amounts of food throughout the day. We wanna make sure that we're um, scheduling it at regular intervals across the day. Protein-based snacks might be um, some nuts um, with a piece of fruit or it might be a, a protein bar if you're on the run that you can easily grab. Um, if you get caught out, um, or there's heaps of great recipes, um, definitely check out the, the Body Science website. It's got heaps of great little recipes that are, would be really great snacks um, that you could add in to your week. And we talked about adding in before we take away, um, and it's important to um, make sure that you know, you're prepared. Um, and then what I discuss with my clients for lunch and dinner, Protein's pretty easy to get at these meals because we think about the traditional meal will be chicken at lunchtime or tuna or something like that. Um, and then, you know, meat and three veg at dinner time. But where people go wrong with lunch and dinner is really the portion sizes. Um, so what we want to do is kind of recalibrate ourselves um, with what an appropriate size of protein is. Now, um, you know, the Australian guidelines say it's around 65 grams um, for a serve of protein. You know, it's not very much if you if you actually weigh it out. And if you're more active, I think you can probably bump that up just a little bit. Um, 100, 120 grams is a nice number. Um, it looks like a solid meal um, when you've got that much there, but it's also not taking up half your plate. There's a lot of blokes out there who give me dirty looks when I tell them to reduce the size of their steak. Um, and then there's a lot of a lot of people who are surprised with that, how little they actually need to get that protein intake. Um, so sometimes I'll get people to weigh out actually, what is 100 grams of chicken? What is 100 grams of red meat? Um, and actually eyeball it so they can see when they, you know, in a few weeks time, that they can actually recalibrate their serve sizes. Not only are they, um, distributing their protein a little bit better across the day by decreasing lunch and dinner serves. Um, but they're also saving on excess calories from protein. So while some people might not be eating enough, they might be eating too much towards the end of the day and not getting the benefits of protein towards the start of the day. So um, portioning out lunch and dinner serves um, is a really simple and easy way of making sure that we're you know protein pulsing across the day rather than back ending it um, so i did touch on before about um, is a high protein diet risky um, and uh, as i said you know in, with conditions like chronic kidney disease, and there's a few other conditions there where we really do need to look at protein intake. And that's where, you know, we're consulting with our doctor um, when, you know, working with clients who have these diseases and dietitians are trained to work uh, with those conditions as well. Um, 
but it's not something we need to be scared of in that sort of lower range, that 1.5 to 2 grams. If you're starting a new gym program, you want to maximize your lean muscle mass. Um, we're not going to be, you know, causing too much risk uh, or any risk at all for that matter um, by increasing our protein intake. And we're actually getting a lot of benefits out of it because um, for those reasons we mentioned before, uh, feelings of fullness, um, the thermic effect of food, adding in a little bit of extra protein and being smart with how we use it are really the keys there. Um, also, as we get older, um, again, there's a lot of really great research to say that having good quality sources of protein spread throughout the day can help us reduce muscle mass loss. This is a term we call sarcopenia. Um, happens in sort of elderly patients, but as we get older, we generally reduce our um, muscle mass and making sure that we've got good quality sources of protein in our diet on a regular basis. Um, means that we can reduce some of those losses that are related with age. Um, now, vegetarians and vegans don't need to be upset with me talking about meat sources because we can get protein sources from um, plant-based sources. The thing with uh, plant-based sources is when I was talking about that amino acid profile before, um, we can get all the letters of the alphabet from meat if you we go back to that alphabet um, analogy, but with plant-based sources, we need to actually profile protein sources because we might get, you know, seven different amino acids from wheat um, and eight different amino acids from quinoa and then nine other amino acids from soy, but we're not getting them all from one source when it comes to plants. So we want to profile and make sure that we're getting lots of different sources throughout the day. So it's not about always looking towards meat and even meat eaters, I would very much encourage you to incre um, increase your knowledge around protein sources from vegetables. Meat Free Monday is a staple in my house, much to my partner's disgust. Um, but yeah, so it's not about having you know large amounts. It's about being smart and eating um, protein pulses across the day, making sure that we're reviewing what our serve sizes look like. So we're not eating you know, Fred Flintstone style steaks at uh, one end of the day and then having, you know, a piece of toast and a coffee for breakfast. Um, we're just being a little bit more cognizant, having a little bit of a think about how much we're taking in and where it's actually coming from. So if you want to track your protein intake for a week and just see where you're at with the protein intake, using an app like MyFitnessPal can be great to actually track and get a baseline figure of how much protein intake you are having. Working with a dietitian is a really great way of figuring out how you can optimize that protein intake as well. Um, but we know that it's important macronutrient in our day, um, but it's not even more or less important than the other ones that we get from the, the other macronutrients, uh, protein and fats. So. This podcast has really been about getting into some of the sort of, you know, less exciting but very important aspects of protein intake. We've covered how much you should have. We've covered how you should have it, what some good sources are, and also what to do if you're a vegetarian. Um, so if you have any questions, you can get in contact with us. You know, you make a comment on the Instagram site. We can, we've got lots of different resources with the Body Science Active Lifestyle Academy. So make sure you get in contact. I want to hear some feedback from you. If you have questions, 
they are always welcome. Until next time, I'm Harriet Walker and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'll see you next time.